Heavenly Father, as we just open up your word, let us be sensitive to what your spirit is saying to us this morning. Let your, the seed of your word fall on good soil. Let us care for that seed, nurture that seed, that it will bring forth fruit in our lives. And everybody said, amen, amen. I'm trying to determine where I'm going to start. In the beginning, Genesis. Well, I went for a walk yesterday. I'm going to start in Hebrews. Sorry, John. And, and uh, I, you know, I don't, don't know exactly where I'm going to end up. But I, I want to sh- just share some random thoughts that, that God has been really working in my life. I once heard somebody said, you know, you don't study so that you can preach. You study what God is working out in your life and out of what you're dealing with in your life and out of what you're studying, then you preach. So I want to share a few things. Faith is a mystery to me sometimes. Faith Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, things not seen. What that says to me is that my faith is not anchored in what I see happening around me. My faith is anchored in a realm that I don't even see. That realm that I do not see says that Jesus died for my healing. And yet sometimes I don't see healing. I've seen some miraculous healings. I see them here today. And yet everything, not everything, I have some wonderful people around me, (laughs) but there are things in life that want to shake my faith and make, make themselves become more aware to me than where my faith is anchored. And that's why I'll declare healing over myself. I remember one morning I woke up and my throat was so sore and I don't know if it was just a habit I said virus or bacteria or whatever it is I didn't say it out loud I didn't want to wake people up I said I just don't receive you and I just declare that you need to leave right now and I fell back asleep and I woke up and I didn't have a sore throat I've I've declared all kinds of things over me have they been successful I, I don't always know Maybe ultrasounds will reveal. <laughs> My Obviously, you guys know Shawnee had thyroid cancer. 
Well, there's several people in my family now that have discovered they have thyroid cancer. Some of them have lumps in their throat. I went to the doctor, I got an ultrasound, and I have this four millimeter something, four millimeters in my, in my throat. I, I, I told one of my brothers, and he says, does that scare you? I said, no. I said, I put my hand on my throat, and I say, cancer, you don't belong in this body. Do I know if it's working? God's word says it is. My, my, my belief system is not linked to what I see around me. If I get so wrapped up in what I see around me, I'd be depressed every evening reading the news about murderers, about robbery, about rapists, about wars, rumors of wars, stock market crashing, house prices. You'd, you're a basket case if your belief system is linked to what you see around you. What anchors you? Hebrew says, evidence of things not seen. Evidence of things not How can we put our finger? I don't know. I don't know how to put my finger on that. I just dive into God's word. And I make this as, God's word as much a part of my system as I can. Verse 2 says, by it, by their faith... Hebrews 11 talks about all the heroes of the Old Testament. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. You obtain a good report by achieving something. By their faith. Can you imagine Moses' parents? They're listed here. It says, Moses was born. And they looked at him. And by faith. They realized he was no ordinary child. How did they know? How did they know? What made them break the rules of the land and hide him? This is by faith. What do you see in faith? What do you see happening in your life by faith? Not by the circumstances you might find yourself in this week. Because by next week, those circumstances could change. And that's the problem with anchoring your belief system in what you see. It'll change day by day, week by week. My brother owns the water park. And I, was, I, I helped him in the first year uh, when we got started. And we were sitting around the table saying, okay, rain or shine, are we open or just when it's, you know, when it's sunny, you know, what, what happens if it's raining the day before, or the night before, what do we do? Close, and we just came to a decision. Rain or shine, we're open. Why? Because if we anchor our course of direction based on a weather forecast, in about three hours, that can change. And your life would be a basket case if you anchored your belief system in what you see. A job here today, gone tomorrow. Health today, gone tomorrow. We'd be basket cases. Our life would be shambles if we based it on what was happening in our body, in our relationships, in our financial situation, our career. What 
is your belief system anchored in? And are you willing <laughs> to follow that belief system? I battled here this morning for about five minutes. Oh, should I pray for the sick? Well, God said it. God said it. So what am I afraid of? Last week, we were in Cranbrook, and Pastor Brenda had, <laughs> while we were driving on Friday, God was speaking to her, and I didn't know that. I just thought she was texting on her phone, but she was actually making notes. So I'm thankful that she wasn't wasting my, my data roaming and costing me all kinds of money. So that was awesome. But we were driving, and she's texting, or not texting, sorry, making all these notes, and it was God speaking to her. And I didn't know about this at first. I didn't know until we were driving home on Sunday. But God put a word into her, her spirit, and then actually gave her a name attached to the word. <laughs> it's never happened before, I don't believe. And she was freaked out all weekend. Like, oh, do I say that name? Do I not say that name? Do I just kind of say everything else and just kind of leave out the part about the name? And she was going back and forth all week and not knowing what to do. And then she got up on Sunday and it went, the, the, the word that God gave her went perfectly with how that worship service was going. And she stepped out in faith. She stepped out in faith. I want, I'm going to continue this story, but... Look at, look at verse 3. Do we have Hebrews 11, verse 3? I, I want you to look at this first phrase. By faith we understand. You know how we want to understand? By evidence. By a pattern that has happened. Oh, just pump me up. I want to see a healing. Then I'll believe God heals. You know, Pastor Brenda could have said, hey, are there any Johns in the congregation today? Because that's the name that God gave her. She could have got up there and, and gave the word and they said, by the way, are there any people by the name of John here? Why? Oh, I just, just want to know. She said, by faith. As we step out in faith, God brings understanding. We like to try to figure things out. We want evidence. We want to see that this has worked before. We want to see that this is going to turn out okay and that I don't look foolish. God says, step out in faith. And as you step out in faith, he brings understanding. We mix it all up and we say, you know what? I need to understand how this really works. And then that will increase my faith. <laughs> And we missed the boat a lot of times because we're scared. Because we don't want that, we don't want to make a mess. And, and it's, it's a process of learning. God, is that you or is that me or is that my wishful thinking or is that me hoping or is that me? Or maybe somebody planted that thought in my brain yesterday and um, maybe it was a dream I had. And we, and we excuse our way out. And Pastor Brenda, last week, she gave the word, and she was freaked out. She said, I don't, and she said, okay, 
I really believe God gave me the name John. Are there anybody by the name of John in here? Nobody. <laughs> there was nobody by the name of John. Oh, she probably felt foolish at first. <laughs> but we, we, we got to get out there. It's by faith God brings understanding. By, by stepping out. Okay, I'll tell you the end of the story. We got home, and did Pastor Ron email, text you or me? You. He said, you know, we, we got home, it was Monday. Pastor Ron, the pastor up at the church, texted Brenda and said, you know, that word that you gave was amazing. And there's a, there's a guy that came forward, and his middle name is John. He's never come forward ever in a service. He's never responded to any altar calls before. But when you spoke, he came forward for the first time. And in that moment he came forward, God broke something in his life. Wow. Isn't that powerful? And we drove all day Sunday for 12 hours wondering, did I look foolish? We had this conversation in the car on the way home. What do you think? What, should I just sit up? Maybe, maybe, I was, maybe I didn't hear the name right. If we never go for it, we'll never know. I'm watching our, our little granddaughter right now, Jean, is starting to walk. You know, she could just try it once. Oh, I fell on my bum. I hurt myself and stopped. And never learn to walk. God's put stuff in our hearts. He's put stuff. He's put names in our spirit. He's put in old relationship people that you didn't end the thing properly. He's put somebody that isn't feeling well. Like, if I don't believe in healing... Just because someone didn't get healed when I prayed, do I nullify the whole word of God? If I shut down praying for someone that doesn't get healed or praying for deliverance for somebody and, and they stumble two weeks later, if, if I just shut that down, I'm shutting down all of God's word. And I might not understand. You know, the, the, one of the greatest discussions in healing, okay, was it the person praying whose faith wasn't enough or the person who got prayed for whose healing or whose faith wasn't enough? Or was there sin in that person's life and maybe I didn't realize it when I prayed for them and there's this thing holding them back? We'll go crazy. We'll go crazy. Do you know, gee, how many, I, several times, Jesus says to the disciples, after he's done a miracle for them in a storm or something. He says, oh, you have little faith. So it wasn't their faith that stopped the storm. Then this woman crawls through the crowd and touches the hem of Jesus' garment. And Jesus says, whoa, I felt something. When he... After the dust, all, I don't want to go through the whole story. But he says, your, your faith has healed you. Not Jesus' faith. 
So which one is it? The chicken or the egg? Is it, is it the person being prayed for's faith? Or is it the person who's praying that needs? Pretty soon we're working ourselves up so much. <laughs> like Holy Spirit can't work. Because it all depends on me and my faith. And you know what? I had a really bad week. So I think I'll just skip church because I don't got enough faith today. And I won't make that phone call because I just, I just don't feel I can generate enough positiveness in this discussion. To, and pretty soon it all falls on us. Or pretty soon we condemn the person that is sick because your faith wasn't strong enough or there must be sin in your life or there must be a broken relationship or some addiction. Or some, and pretty soon we've worked healing down to our level. And because we don't understand it, or is that verse? Because our understanding can't wrap our brain around it, there's no faith. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to go, ah! oh, okay, there is a floor here. Whew. Sorry, Justin, I'll get back on the. Okay. By faith, we understand as we step out, as we move forward. We understand. That's idea number two. We, we, our lives would grind to a halt. Actually, <laughs> to be honest with you, there's a lot of people whose, people whose lives have ground to a halt because they've killed faith by trying to understand. And then all of a sudden, when we can't understand, we lose our faith. And then we're as miserable and our lives are as screwed up as can be, or messed up, sorry. Sorry, delete, I shouldn't say that kind of thing. Get, our lives just get messed up beyond, why? Because we try to figure it all out. And God's saying, hold on, hold on, by faith. I, I'm a positive guy. I believe what God's word says. And I'll just declare that over myself. And people say, oh. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've had people say, well, I just think you're just trying to say positive things over yourself. And, and, <laughs> and no, I won't go any further, but it's, I, it's just like, okay, do you want to just live in your misery then? You got all kinds of health problems and it's messing your life up. You can't keep a job, blah, 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 blah. And so that's where you want to stay because you can't figure out what sometimes we just can never figure out. I'd rather stand on what God's word says, even if I don't always see it happening in my life. I hope you're quiet because you're just thinking about what I'm saying. <laughs> well, let's drop down to verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible. This is my third random thought. To please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Here's, listen to this phrase. And he is a rewarder of those in the King James, it says, diligently seek him. <laughs> I 
You know, the, the funniest thing, I'm not that old, but there's a lot of things that have changed since I was younger. I'm still young. When I was a kid, I was, okay, <laughs> yes, I'm declaring that. Hey, hey, listen, listen, I go, with, okay, you're, you're, yeah, okay, Adrian, you just opened a can of worms here. Listen, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Okay, what are the five benefits? He forgives our iniquities. He heals our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. And we all, yeah. He satisfies our mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed. I'm getting younger every walk I take. Because I just say, I just, I go over that chapter in my head. Um, who satisfies my mouth? Uh, there's five. I, 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 you got me out of my rhythm. But, okay. Here's, here's a real funny thing. When, when I was a kid, grade three, I wanted to play soccer. I loved soccer. And all my friends at school were just way better than me because I'd never really played. And I got onto a team with one of my, my good friends. <laughs> I didn't realize it at the time, but, but our team was called the Condors. I don't know if you've ever seen a condor. They're like a vulture. Like, they're ugly. But I'm a kid. I don't really know. Okay. We, we play a team, and they're called the Eagles. Do you, we would get beat 11-0. 13-0. And, and you would think that would shatter that poor little boy's spirit. Well, that's what they think nowadays. They have the mercy rule nowadays. I'm serious. If a score gets past like three or four nothing, we're going to stop keeping the score. They do that. We don't want to crush the little boy's spirits. And this is all about fun. You know, if it was about fun, join, just go to the park. And play with your dad. Right? Your dad will let you score on him. And you'll feel good about yourself. And we've taken this reward system out of life. In some school system, they stop grading children. You know what? <laughs> when I was in grade one and two and three, they used to seat us in rows according to our intelligence level. <laughs> I'm serious. When I was in grade one, I still remember this. We were divided. <laughs> You're going to laugh when you hear this. We were divided into three groups. <laughs> this is funny. The group one, I wasn't in group one. They were called the Palominos. And I, I find this out later, the different types of horses. The Palomino is a beautiful horse. The second group, and I was part of the second group, was called the Pintos. <laughs> oh, and group three was called the Ponies. <laughs> But you were, there was, you, I'm, I sit in the middle section. To my left are all the brilliant, bright kids. Row, one row. The middle section of, of Pintos, which I was part of. There was two of us, two rows. And then there was a fourth row. And they were called the ponies. And they needed extra help. I don't, like, can you imagine? 
But guess what? The Palominos, the Pintos, and the Ponies all mixed during break. And we all went and played California kickball. And sometimes the ponies were better than the Palominos at California kickball. But nowadays, nowadays, we've taken reward. And people don't even like that. They say everybody's the same in God's eyes. <laughs> he loves us all. But you know what? God rewards pursuit. He does. He does. God rewards pursue. We, we, once we get into college, we understand this. If I want to get a good career, I got to go to school for four years, get a good degree. And guess what? I pursue it. I pursue it. If I want to be on a sports team, I pursue it. And we, we, we applaud people for their pursuit. And we applaud them. When it comes to God, no, no, don't get too hyped up, okay? God rewards pursuit. That's why if you pursue God, he'll be found of you. Can you imagine that? I wrote it down somewhere here. Jeremiah 29. You will seek me and you will find me. You search for me with all your heart. Verse 14 says, and I will be found of you. Oh, your reward system is fully intact. Pastor Brenda, the next time a name pops into her head, She's not going to be so scared. Why? Because she stepped out in faith, took that risk, <laughs> didn't fully understand, but she stepped out in faith. Her, her reality is anchored into an invisible, an invisible realm that we do not understand. She stepped out in faith Guess what? What felt like nothing, free-falling, the next day, whew, there was solid footing there. I, I bet you she's a little more confident now. Why? Because that's, that's God's reward system. You stepped out in faith. You did something. You stepped out there. You gave it something. You pursued she could have just said, you know what? I'm not part of the worship team. I'm just going to sit here and just enjoy this worship service. And forgot about the whole word. Forgot about the name. And let us do our thing. And it would have been awesome. But she stepped out in faith. Faith. He's a rewarder of those. God rewards. I want... <laughs> I'm going to do just another random thought because I'm trying to figure out how, how I'm going to tie all this together. So I just keep talking. <laughs> and all of a sudden it'll come to me. But the disciples, they're walking with Jesus and there's a huge crowd. It's getting close to the end of the day. 
and they want to just send the people home to, to go get food, Jesus says, feed them. Okay, cool. They find five loaves, two fishes. Now, some of you have been involved in feeding people, whether it's a banquet, wedding. Can you imagine 5,000 men and then children and women on top of that? This story is, just so you know, I'm not just talking. Mark chapter 6. So, Cora, if you can just kind of, it's verse 30 to verse 50. And I just kind of read it, and when you see where I'm talking, just throw up the verse there. <laughs> but it was 5,000 men, plus women and children. I don't know, 7,000 people, 8,000 people. Some people say 12,000, I don't know. But have you ever tried to feed that many people? No. We, it takes us about half an hour to do about 200 people, 150 people. Can you imagine 10,000? Now, okay, I'm, I'm making some assumptions here. So this isn't Bible, and God didn't speak to me. But I, I read all four accounts, and it doesn't say that Jesus multiplied the food. It says he broke it. Then he passed it to his disciples, who then distributed. Now, just think how long that would take because it's already late in the evening now i'm just going to make a real wild statement here maybe the disciples broke some of the bread and it multiplied it increased for them too just i don't know no, but just get on to your think because this is what I think about when I walk. <laughs> because, okay, they, they go to, even if they just saw the miracle happen, one boy's lunch feeding 10,000 people, in whatever way your imagination says that happened, if I was just standing watching Jesus do that and just handing out the food, that'd be pretty cool. How many of you think that would be pretty cool? Just, I, I don't want to be left out on a limb hanging. That, that'd be pretty cool. One boy's lunch, feeding 10,000 people. However it happened. But, but I sit here and think, wow. Even if your 12 disciples handed out every... Can you imagine? You've got to run half a mile with a chunk of food, then come back to Jesus and get more, and then run another... How long would that take for 10,000 people... Because you got 12 disciples, that's about 1,000 people per disciple. F say 500? I don't know. Can you imagine all the running back and forth to get the food that Jesus is breaking? And so, anyways, you think about it. Let the Holy Spirit. But even if, even if they didn't in, weren't involved, they saw it happen because they were handing out the food. Jesus, then that it's night, he sends them out on a boat. To go to the other side, and it says, Jesus went to pray. Now I'm going to start reading. Like this. <laughs> and now, if you need to find this story to verify the facts, to see if the word multiplication is in there, it's found in Matthew 14, Mark 6, Luke 9, and John 6. All four of them give this story. Jesus sends his disciples on a boat. 
Now we're at verse 47, Cora. Mark 6, 47. Huh, I got 10 minutes or more. I'm doing really good. I'm doing good. Ah, yes. Does that mean I leave, send you home early or late? Late. Late, okay. <laughs> oh, that's up to me. Wow. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the water. Okay, get that. Middle of the ocean. Sorry, middle of the sea. And Jesus was alone on the land. Okay, next verse. <laughs> okay, it's, it's pitch black. There's no traffic lights. There's no headlights. There's no street lights back then. So it's dark. And he sees them in the mid, middle of the sea. Tell me how that happened. Unless he could see things. <laughs> and so he goes to them walking on the sea. And he intended just to pass them by. And it's a storm. Okay, I don't know what's next. 48, nine. I'm just going to go through this as we go. But when they saw him, they supposed that he was a ghost. And they started crying. These are grown men. Next verse, where they all saw him and were terrified, but immediately he spoke with them and take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. Next verse. Then he got into the boat and the wind stopped. And they, now they were utterly, okay. We back up six hours. What were they in the middle of? Feeding 10,000 people. Seeing an incredible miracle witnessing or even being part of one or the other, whichever way you want to say. Is, wouldn't there not be this amazing faith built up in you? And yet, Jesus calms us down. Next verse. Wow. <laughs> For they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. <laughs> this challenges me. And I know I say it sometimes to, in different coffee times with different people, but what are we learning? What are we learning? <laughs> These guys. What? Why would, okay, that was Mark. In, in Matthew, they, Matthew adds Peter walking on the water at this point in time. Jesus is walking by, and, and, and Peter says, hey, Lord, if that's you, call me. And he, he goes, and he walks on the water. Then he gets afraid, falls into the waves, and Jesus picks him up. You know what Jesus said to them when he got into the boat with Peter? Oh, you of little faith. This is like literally seven, eight hours after 10,000 people get fed with five loaves and two fishes. I don't know where I'm going right now. It's just like, 
What are we learning? I mean, we probably most of us have seen some incredible things in our life. My children have been healed. I have two granddaughters that medically are miracles. <laughs> I've seen some amazing things happen when I pray for people. to take us deeper. Jesus, you have little faith. Here's what I, I absolutely believe. Jesus gets in the boat and says, you guys could have stopped the storm. <laughs> Why would he say that to them? You guys. A chapter later, Jesus says to them, Okay, you know, guys, you're, you're going, we're going, I forget where they're going. Be, beware of the, the, the leaven of the Pharisees and, and of the Romans. And it says, the disciples reasoned, said, okay, because we missed the point of the loaves, we forgot bread, and now Jesus has to remind us about the loaves. <laughs> and Jesus is talking, just be careful of the doctrine of the Pharisee. <laughs> and, and these guys are not learning. And I'm saying, God, I want to learn. I want to learn. We go through things every single day. Sometimes miraculously, God takes us through and provides a miracle. And a week later, we're in the same condition. And Jesus gets in the boat and says, come on, guys, you could have done this. At the beginning of the chapter of Mark there, it's, it's when the disciples are returning. Jesus had sent them out to declare the kingdom. And they come back and they say, man, we healed people. Leprosy left. Demons, we, we, we were able to cast them out. They were, then they go through the miracle with the loaves. And then they're in the boat. And again, it's my imagination but I'm thinking, God is saying, you know, I passed this baton to you. Jesus says, all power, all authority has been given to me. Now you go. And what are we supposed to do? Lay hands on the sick. And what? Are we supposed to say, Lord, if it's your will... I know you died on the cross, but, you know, if it's your will, and we go through a five-minute prayer where, where God is saying, hold on, you don't have to talk to me about healing. Just go and heal the sick. Go and raise the I pass this baton unto you. Can you imagine your boss trains you to do a job, sends you out into the shop, spends a week, three and a half years teaching you this job. Then he goes up into the office, 
to leave the project to you. And every five minutes, you're going to him and saying, boss, could you come down and just show me how to do this again? Can you, here, this is, can you come and do this for me? What would the boss do? You're fired. I trained you to do this. This is what the boss would say. Why do you keep bugging me? I trained you to do this, and I gave you authorization to do this. Now do it. But I, I, I just want to make sure I understand how. You, just do it. As you do it. If you do something wrong, I'll just come down and just remind you. Just hey, you do. do. But but. Did you understand what I'm saying? I don't know. Just... Jesus is saying, I gave you authority to do that. Go do it. Ah, what, what if Jesus doesn't show up? And t- no. <laughs> we, we, we nullify through our, our questions and wonderings and logic and... and just I don't understand this and and we kill faith and if you never pray for that person because you just you're sitting there trying to analyze it to death if you never pray nothing will happen and you pray for them and nothing happens God and he says it's okay you did what I told you to do <laughs> we get so wrapped up in results and in looking good and image and, and God just says yeah, it, <laughs> I mean Jesus made spit in the mud and made mud and slapped it on a guy's eye was he concerned about his image probably not and, and it's just like How do we get there? I, I, <laughs> now we'll get to my sermon, <laughs> which will take two minutes. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. How do we seek after the Lord? Because that's, it's all about our pursuit. It's all about our pursuit. God rewards pursuit I don't know how to pursue we all do how many of you have ever sat or laid down in your bed at night and thought about I don't know a crazy situation in your life and there was worry there was concern and you didn't know how and you tried to figure out this whole thing and you had this conversation with this imaginary group of people that you had this whole conversation all figured out. And how many of you have ever done that? Okay, you know what that's called? That's meditating. You meditated on your problem. I want to challenge you. Meditate on what God said about your situation. I want, 
I want to look at two things here because the psalmist, I think it was a psalm of David. He says, one thing have I desired, that will I seek after. Then he says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That's the one thing. Then all of a sudden he says, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire. I believe those last two things are how he was, how we're all to pursue. I don't think he lost count and said, oh, sorry, Lord, there's three things. He said, I want, I want to, I want your presence every single day. And then the next two things are how he's going to do it. To behold the beauty of the, what are you looking at? What do you spend your time looking at? Hebrews says, look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher. We spend so much time looking at our mountain, looking at our problem, making assumptions of what those people are talking about me about. And they're not even talking about you. We spend so much time looking at the medical report instead of God's word. We spend so much time thinking, how is this going to work out? And Jesus says, just seek me first. Seek my kingdom. And all those other things, they're just going to work out. But we spend so much time looking at the wrong thing. And David says, I want to behold you. I want to look at And the word behold isn't glance. Hi, Jesus. Hi, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> behold means to gaze upon. It's, it's more than just a cup of tea with Jesus in the morning. It's more than a, just a wave as, as you drive out the driveway. See, Jesus, I, you know, that one minute with you, that was awesome. He's not talking about a glance. He says to behold. In Hebrews, when it says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, it's to literally turn and stare. That means turning from whatever issue person, problem, medical report, what, turn from there and say, Jesus. What are you focusing on? What you focus on is where you go. <laughs> I have a couple new drivers in the family. And what they focus on is where the car goes. It's your life. Is what you focus on. What you think about is where your brain will end up dwelling. The second thing is to inquire. To inquire. Literally, that mirrored means to meditate. We meditate on our problems. <laughs> the word inquire means to cleave open. That's like you take a... a I've seen this in Costa Rica. Coconut, and they take a big knife, machete. They break it open. To inquire with God. Take his word. Break it open. 
take Jesus and examine. I've been, I've been going through Colossians and Ephesians and Philippians. It talks about who Christ is in me. What power I have <laughs> that I never use. <laughs> Think about Christ in me, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and will quicken my mortal body. Dig into God's word. Meditate on what God's word says about you. Whatever it says about Christ says it about you. Now that is powerful because now Christ dwells in you. And he says, Paul says, the same mind that was in Christ, let that mind dwell in you. Jesus said, all power, all authority has been vested with me. Now you go as my ambassador, as my representative. So whatever the word of God says about Christ, apply it to your life. But we look at the wrong things. Hours on the computer, looking at whatever you look at. Hours in front of the TV watching whatever you watch. Drain. Brain drain. Brain drain. Well, I'll finish that episode. Brain drain. Let's, oh man. Notice the way that one ended. We got to watch the next one. Brain drain. 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 Get up the next morning and, oh man, I stayed up so night late on the internet or the Netflix or the TV. I'm so tired. Five extra minutes. Oh, sorry, God, that was your five minutes. Oh man. Now, now God's gone from five minutes to zero. <laughs> and we expect to function according to the mind of Christ. We have no idea what the mind of Christ is. <laughs> it's like it's like God 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 I want more I don't know I don't know I, I, I'm saying it more and more every day God I want more of you I need more of you <laughs> I have to have more of you and you know what the more you do it the more you want it Man, the more, the more God does incredible things, whether I'm worship leader, whether I'm preaching, whether I'm just part of the group that's ministering, whether it's my wife, when I see that stuff happen, it's like, God, I want more of this. I want to be more involved in this. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? I don't know. Just in me, it's just like, oh. <laughs> Literally, my stomach, I, it aches sometimes because I want God so badly. <laughs> Literally, just like, oh, God. Oh, how many of you want more of God in your life? I mean, oh. Let's stand.
Let's just raise our hand. Lord, we want more of you. I don't understand it. God, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. But increase my faith because by faith we understand. By faith we understand. Not the other way around. Our understanding doesn't increase our faith. It's by faith we step out. Lord, increase. God, put in me a deeper hunger. Put in me a greater passion. Oh, Spirit, put within me that, that self-discipline, that self-control, that, that makes me turn that knob off, that makes me turn that screen off, that makes me shut the door and focus on it. Lord, we need to focus more on you, more of you, more of you. Lord, I just pray that just your Holy Spirit right now will just deposit, just deposit into each one of us more of you, a passion for more of you, more of the mind of Christ, more of, more of the authority, more understanding of the authority that we walk in. Lord, and increase our faith. Like that man that said, Lord, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, just, Lord, just disband the level of disbelief and increase the level of belief in me. Increase your faith in let it not just be five minutes and then walking out the door. But Lord, let me dive in. Lord, to behold you and to inquire of you. Make that a passion in our lives. Make that a passion in our one thing. One thing if I desire is just more of you. Let me think more about you. Let me look towards you more. Every day. Lord, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, right now, just like a wind, just breathe on us. Just breathe on us. Holy Spirit, just breathe. It says that Jesus blew on his disciples after he was raised from the dead. He came and met with them and he just breathed. He blew on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just like a wind right now, just come and just breathe on our hearts. Breathe on our spirits. Make us more alive. More alive. More alive. More alive. More alive in you.